Hello, my name is Christopher Domicio, and this is my novel, a very good novel, Coronavirus, and this is chapter 16. If you want to see the whole thing, it's free. It's at averygoodnovel.com, and you can also find the previous episodes of this podcast wherever you find great podcasts, season three. Uh, This is number 17, but it's chapter 16. Idle Hands are the Devil's Work. From the beginning, people thought that the pandemic was going to be the worst thing to happen in 2020. They were wrong. There were going to be far worse things. After the first few weeks of the emergency, those in charge started to realize that there was a cascading effect that was impossible to stop. They had to engage in serious perception management to keep the world from exploding. First of all, as every child of a religious grandmother knows, idle hands are the devil's work. And what that phrase means is that if you don't keep apes busy, they turn their attention to causing mischief, problems, and in many cases creating new problems. With more than 60 million unemployed in the USA and another 50 million now underemployed, there was a lot of idle apes looking for something to do. The first weeks, it was fairly easy to keep them occupied with Tiger King, a scandalous big cat documentary on Netflix. That was good for the first couple of weeks. Binge-watching other shows and movies kept many of them occupied. The lockdown meant that the, all the things that government and industry had used as control systems to keep the apes busy were no longer available. Gyms were closed, malls were closed, beauty salons and spas were closed, parks were closed, and most importantly, work was shut down. With work shut down, it was impossible to keep humans busy, and when humans weren't kept busy, they usually started planning how to take what wasn't theirs, but maybe should have been, or to destroy what kept them busy in the first place. No one had ever bothered to see what humans would do if they managed to get free of the control systems, because that would have meant destroying the control systems, and destroying the control systems would have ended the control of the vast majority by the powerful few, something that had been a danger in the past, but that had never actually come to pass. The American Revolution had never been about ending control systems. It was about replacing the controllers with new controllers. The French Revolution was very nearly a successful destruction of control systems, but they were quickly restored. The labor movement, Marxism, and actual true socialism were huge threats to the control systems at various points in history, but they were absorbed and co-opted by those who controlled the control systems. The rise of the cultural revolutionary movements in the 1960s, the 1990s, and after the financial crisis of 2008 were all dangers to control systems that had been dealt with by the same methods. Infiltration, subversion, subjection, absorption, and co-option. The best control system of all was a classic Look at all the bright, shiny things you can have, and all you have to do is work and be a good citizen. COVID-19 stripped that away as people suddenly realized, hey, wait a minute, they can just spend $3 trillion and send everyone in America a couple of grand at the drop of a hat? And why are they willing to keep me from becoming homeless now when before they said it was impossible? And we can offer free health care to everybody, but we just don't? A great many of the apes were at home and deciding, If the landlord wants me to move and I can't pay the rent, I'm just not going to move. And this this quickly led to, I'm not going to pay my rent and I'm not going to move. And finally to, this is my house and I'm not leaving unless they want to kill me. Other apes were realizing, why am I going to work every day for minimum wage? Unemployment pays more and there's plenty of food being handed out. Still others were enjoying their time away from work and realizing just how much they had been promised by the control systems through the years and just how little had been delivered. At what great cost? 
The idle hands were feeling the pull of the devil's work, or more aptly, the exploited hands were discovering what liberty might actually look like. Even worse, the biggest control system of them all had been completely shut down, and there was no indicator that they were going to be opening soon. Schools and universities were shuttered. Students were at home, being given time to share ideas and worldview on the internet without teacher supervision or the heavily utilized peer shaming that schools had developed to discourage critical thinking and independent thought. Depending on how long society remained lockered, the damage to conformity and normalization could be immense. The global economy was the most imminent of the real problems, with the economy crashing and governments either showing their hand by the fact that they could give their populations better lives, or showing their hand by their inability to protect or give better lives. Either way, the power of governments to sway the masses was being diminished. Unemployment numbers went ever skyward, and mutual aid societies formed in towns, neighborhoods, and apartment blocks. As the threat of dying from the coronavirus went down, never mind that the threat of catching it had gone up, people began to gently defy stay-at-home orders. They talked with neighbors, met with friends, and began to re-socialize in totally different ways than before. These weren't the lockdown protesters, waving their flags and carrying their guns. These were just people, visiting with friends, family, neighbors. These weren't huge gatherings of strangers. These were known people who had been in known lockdowns. There were, in some cases, of community spread, but mostly, just the Gaia virus got out. Landlords went bankrupt, homeowners owners went underwater, and banks waited impatiently for the all-clear to send out foreclosure and eviction notices. Little did they know that they would be met with a stark refusal to vacate properties. Mega-corporate businesses waited to reopen the economy so that they could restart tourism, start collecting credit payments again, and start the consumer low-self-esteem binge-buying again. But that would never happen. People had realized that they didn't have to pay their credit cards off, that they could bake their own bread, and that buying things just filled their houses with useless crap they wouldn't need if the end of the world should actually come around. The control systems were becoming obsolete. It was a terrifying reality for the power masters, and they went into overdrive to create political controversy, to factionalize people, and to drive people into opposing camps again. But one thing that the prospect of the coronavirus killing everyone had done was to make it much harder to tribalize the poor against the middle class because suddenly they realized just how far down the totem pole they all were. They were all fucked together and they could all look upward from any point on the planet and see all of those who were clustered at the top and not fucked with them. The next chapter is going to be chapter 17, titled The General Rides Alone. Again, you can find the whole thing at averyverygoodnovel.com or at vagabond.com, where I posted it on the front page. And it's free, so feel free to read it and share it. Aloha.